0: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Chris Maddy. He is leading a company called Versium, which, delivered, which delivers automated predictive analytics solutions, which provide actionable data intelligence faster, more accurately, and at a fraction of the cost of hiring expensive data science teams or professional services organizations. Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right. Well, we're going to talk everything Versium today. Tell me about the company. What do you guys do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money?
1: Yeah, so we are <coughs> we're data technology. The company. We help marketing organizations become highly data-driven. What that means is we help them use data more effectively to drive all their marketing initiatives, uh, ultimately to drive significant improvements in marketing ROI.
0: Okay. And how do you... So there's a lot of tools out there that will do the predictive analytics. The biggest challenge is churn goes through the roof because you can't get them to actually take the data you give them and make actionable insights on it. That improves their, bot, you know, their top or bottom line. So what, what do you have to do in the first month to make your, your new users sticky?
1: Yeah, you know, the first step is, and there's really three blocks to what we do. But the very first thing any organization has to do is fix the existing data they have. Uh, for example, forty to fifty percent of data in a CRM is not usable. It's old, it's outdated, it's not formatted properly. There's errors, there's omissions. So there's a data is a mess. Lots of times, data resides in silos. So the first step is you got to get in and fix the data. That makes it more actionable. It allows you to reach your existing customers and prospects better. And it's the first step before you can do anything that has to do with predictive analytics, machine learning, or or artificial intelligence. Because if you got garbage going in, you get garbage coming out. So the first step is fix the data. The next step we do is we enrich the data. So we own over 1.5 trillion data attributes. And we're able to overlay that onto the existing data the organization has. That helps the company understand who their customers are better Makes the, it helps them understand their behaviors, their characteristics. We use clustering to create new segments that were previously not uh, known or identified that have common characteristics. This then allows you to personalize your messaging. And then the last thing is we take those combined data sets and we train our artificial predictive models so that we can determine... Uh, or build a predictive model to predict who's most likely to buy the products and services of our customers in the future. And we use those models to guide the marketing effort. So first we fix it and clean it,
0: then we enrich it, and then we model it. Great. And give me the backstory here. So, so we'll actually, before I go to that, in terms of when you launched the company, customers that are paying for this, are you talking kind of no touch high volume sales model or very much enterprise based? What's the average customer paying per month?
1: We've got two different tiers, right? With small, medium, well, three different: small, medium, and large. We've got a self-service tool where the average price point is a thousand. Uh, then we go to sort of mid-tier per month. Market, uh, per month. Mid-tier markets, which where it's five to seven, and then the big enterprise grade, which is you know twenty to thirty grand, based upon volume of exercising our platform, which we generally ties to volume of customer
0: records. Okay. Got it. So, so I mean, if I was, if I was to, just cause I don't, we don't have time to go down every customer cohort, but if I forced you into an average, is it closer to like a grand a month or two grand a month? 10 grand, ten grand a month. 10 grand a month. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So this, that's very much, that's a price point where you can afford to have an inside sales team. You can afford to have them spend six to 12 months closing the deal. It's a very different model than a, you know, thousand dollar a month, no touch sale.
1: That's right. Okay. We've, done, we've productized this. So we've automated the ability to do all of these things. Automation is a key theme here. So we're not doing professional services. We run a high gross margin. And so we've we've set out to productize uh, all of these different data technologies, which allows us to offer it at scale, very effectively and cost-effectively to our customers.
0: Yeah, sorry, what I meant in terms of putting touch on each sale was, was before they've purchased, right? So what the sales organization looks like. What is your team size today, and how many of those folks are focused on sales?
1: we got a pretty small team uh, on the sales side, right? And so primarily because we're using a channel strategy to go to market. We're working with marketing agencies and helping them to help their clients become more data-driven so that they ensure their spend goes through the agency. So we are the data technology partner to agencies. So we launch a business development effort to work with agencies as well as Consulting services companies to help take our solutions to market. We do have a small direct sales team But uh, we're seeing substantial growth using channel strategies and partners to
0: get to market. And so Chris, what is the team size today? Uh, Six people six people. Okay, great. And then when was year one? Year one was 2012 2012. Okay, very good. And then have you bootstrapped this or have you raised capital?
1: We've raised two seed rounds. So a very capital efficient uh, $4.2 million over two years the last round was two years ago and we've uh, just launched our seventh consecutive quarter of being profitable. So we have pretty much bootstrapped it. We didn't take big institutional money.
0: Hey, Chris, congratulations. I'm, I wish more people celebrated folks like yourself. You need your own tech crunch headline. You know, we turned down a billion dollars of VC money because we're profitable, right? That's that would be much better.
1: Well, you know, you control your destiny when you're not uh, burning.
0: So that's right. Okay, good. So bootstrapped you raised. Uh, how many customers are you working with today? Oh gosh, we've got hundreds of
1: customers. We got 300 companies using our APIs directly we've got 250 to 300 on a monthly basis that are the small and mid-tier folks and then we got about 50 enterprise clients that are paying us the bigger month big
0: money. Okay. So so if you just add it up just cuz i I'm adding all those together in my head i can't do quickly, if you have just total customers, it sounds like about 400 500 something like that. 100 per month roughly, yeah. 500 ish. Okay. And i mean, can i take that 500 times the $10,000 month number you just gave me and kind of back into a revenue figure of about 5 million a month or no?
1: No, you'd have to go lower than that. So when you think about the volume of numbers, uh, the, the, the lower end skews that considerably. So when I said 10,000, that's probably not an accurate av- average on a per per customer basis.
0: Okay. Got it. Well, if we go back down even to your minimum, right, of a grand per month, it sounds like that was what you got to spend to get started. That's still about 500 grand in revenue. Is that more accurate in terms of your monthly?
1: Probably, yeah, that's yeah, pretty, pretty pretty
0: pretty accurate. We're okay. on 7 million run rate right now. Oh, so great. Targeting about 9 million, 8 to 9 million this year. That's great. And take me back, give me a sense of growth. So you're at 7 million right now. Where were you in July of 2017 in terms of run rate?
1: So we've pretty much, we've we've grown about 50 to 60% year over year. So if we go back about a year ago, we were probably, I don't know, four or 5 million
0: run rate. Got it. So call it maybe 280, something like 280 grand a month.
1: Yeah. Maybe 300. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's good. And where is most most of that growth come from? Is it coming from expansion revenue on accounts you already had or brand new accounts coming in?
1: It's coming from working with agencies. And the reason being is that the agencies are getting beaten up by the consulting services companies, right? Accenture is the fastest growing digital agency now. The reason for that is that they're going in and solving these data problems and using data to guide the marketing effort. We see two, three, 400% improvement in, in marketing ROI when we start helping organizations become data driven. And so what's happening is that these, you know, Cognizance, Wipro's, Accenture's, Capgemini's are going in solving data problems, but all of those organizations have created digital agencies now. So the traditional digital agency is getting beat up pretty bad. We come in and we say, we will be your data technology partner. We will solve data problems, solve data silos, and use our engine to drive your marketing targeting. And, uh, it's a great winning strategy and they're embracing us quite, quite rapidly.
0: Oh, Chris, what I was trying to get at there though, is are you driving more growth over the past year from expanding customer accounts you already had upselling them or bringing on brand new accounts from channel partners, brand new accounts, absolutely. brand new from channel. Okay. And what's the kickback you give the channels? Why do they do it?
1: Oh, they made a couple of reasons, right? In the case of the, the consulting services company, they make billable hours wrapping professional services around our capabilities. Uh, but we also provide a revenue share as an, on an annuity basis for everything that comes through the pipe right so when you hit the persian platform for data data cleansing or for data enrichment or for protecting targeting you know, it's a it's an ongoing SaaS based recurring revenue model, and we're able to share in that revenue ongoing with those partners. So, Whether what is
0: that like? Thirty percent? What's the percentage? Thirty to fifty percent. Yeah, thirty to fifty. Okay. So, if I back into your CAC, right? If you're acquiring a twelve grand a year customer or a grand per month, you're willing to spend up to three thousand or four thousand bucks in terms of the kickback to the channel partner to acquire that customer. Uh, you know, I'd
1: have to look at you know, I I don't know. What our, I have to get our CFO to look at the CAC numbers to be able to answer that fully accurately, but we're definitely willing to invest in the partners to grow the business because it's an ongoing revenue stream. So early Mm -hmm. on with some of the new adopters, we're just launching a new dev portal that allows dev developers to access via API. We'll be a bit more aggressive on the revenue share initially, but we think it'll settle out around 20 to 30% because they're also making money writing to those APIs or they're making money on the creatives that drive through the channel. So it's very, it's a very synergistic partnership. So we don't have to be too aggressive on our revenue share.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, I would say though, if you give them 50%, that's pretty aggressive. 30% 30% is, you know, a little, obviously more or less aggressive, but maybe the first year, right. To get, yeah. Income. What's churn today? Churn's very low. It's like below five to 7%. And that's revenue
1: churn net per month. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's on a logo. That's going to be on a
0: revenue basis, not logo basis. Okay. But monthly or annually? Uh, annually. Oh, and annual. okay. Good. That, yeah. That's really healthy. Good. And, and that's net or gross.
1: You know, that's a financial question. I have to get my CFO to answer that. <laughs> I, I don't know. That.
0: I, I'm not sure. What are you're you, are about. you, it's a big difference though, right so five to seven percent rev you know churn annually basically are you adding back expansion revenue or not? do you know We're adding back expansion revenue. okay, got it got it so so good that's helpful to understand. Um, so five five to seven percent revenue uh, churn annually and that's on a on a net basis that's great. Well, I mean what do you think you have to do to get to kind of net revenue retention annually of over a hundred percent?
1: Net revenue. T- uh, t- sorry,
0: sorry. What that would mean is you would build an inside organization to basically drive more expansion revenue. The only way to get to net revenue retention like higher than a hundred is to basically drive significant expansion revenue. It sounds like you've got some pricing axes that allow you to drive upgrades pretty easily, but you don't have an inside sales team built yet to drive that u- that adoption.
1: Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is as we start getting in the ad tech space and start having our AIMs and driving recurring revenue in the digital spend, that's where the expansion grows substantially because. The, the it, then it correlates to the ad spend of the business. And so where we're doing some interesting things is in the B2B ad tech arena. The B2B ad tech arena in terms of digital has been pretty nascent because most of the, the targeting in the ad digital ad tech is tied to consumer entity data. We have the unique ability to overlay consumer entity data onto business data that allows us to target and increase reach by 4X. So we're seeing, big growth in b2b digital spend and that spend is a ramp up which is how you get to you get to expand revenue on a per logo basis
0: yep I'm an enterprise I just signed up with you uh, Jane at freshworkscom is in my CRM uh, she I don't know this but she moved jobs to you know a year ago and has a new email address I just signed up for you how do you know that she's moved that's not her email anymore what is your source of truth
1: uh, we're constantly we, we pull in so we've got literally 10,000 files so we've got 60 or 70 different sources that we're pulling in, uh, in a, from a, a business data standpoint, as well as we're doing our own crawling and indexing, looking at resume websites, things of that nature. So
0: unstructured unstructured data and kind of crawlers, web scraping.
1: All of the above, right? And yeah. so there are different types of sources you have. Now, you're not going to be 100% accurate with any, uh, you know, any one file, but we will be industry leading based upon all of that, as well as applying uh, ML-based models to predict certain things. Now um, that's all in the business data. Now you start, what gets really interesting is when you're able to overlay consumer perspectives on top of that as well. So that gives you insight. If all of a sudden you see a physical address from the household, which is a non-consumer based attribute, and that changes, now you might have an indication and if it changes city, there's probably likelihood there's been a job change, right? So that's an example of how you get insights from something that might be more of a consumer attribute, i.e. household.
0: Where are you getting that consumer data from? Same thing, unstructured data? Same type of thing. We've got
1: uh, over 20,000 different fields of, of, of data, columns of data we can overlay, both business and consumer. And so you think about it when you're building a consumer model, who you are as a business person, uh, there's signal there, right? If you're a CPA at a Fortune 100 company, you
0: yeah, probably. Don't- no, Chris, get, I get the product, I get the value. I'm just trying to understand where, where you're unique. Let me ask a different question um, How much are you spending per year on your own data sources, data you're ingesting?
1: So what's interesting, we own all of our data, right? So we're not licensing data from the axioms and DBS. In fact, we supply data to companies like like
0: that. What about the full contacts, the clear bits, things like that? Discover orgs? Um, Talk to all those folks, supply data to some of those
1: folks, get data from some of those folks, depending on the natures, right? So so
0: That's the problem. That's where I get confused in this market, Chris. Sorry, I hate to cut you off. We're running out of time, though. But this is the problem. It seems so incestual. Everyone buys everyone else's data, or if they don't want to use the word buy, they trade it. You give and they get. The problem is, like, there's what is the source of truth? Like, what is your unique data capturing thing that I would pay you for versus I wouldn't get from anybody else if everyone just shares the data anyway? So data
1: is a commodity. That's the fact of the matter. Unless you have a very unique source, so there are some unique source. I certainly wouldn't probably share that on the airway. Yeah. or how we get those? We apply certain technologies that allow us to do some things. But even if you have a unique source, I give that a. a you know, a somewhat fraction of value because eventually it becomes a commodity. It's about the technology you wrap around the data. Our identity matching engine, which is you know, leveraging 30 years of experience dealing with the challenges of consumer and business entity data. Our, our automated ETL processing and data hygiene engine that cleans up uh, you know, data very rapidly. Our automated pipeline. I'll give you an example, right? Uh, one of the competitors in the space to quote one of our customers, it takes them nine years to build a predictive model. They may have meant nine weeks, or even if they meant nine days, we can build a predictive model in a matter of a couple hours. And that's a, that takes the data in, it cleanses it, it standardizes it, it enriches it with our proprietary data, and then it pops it into an automated uh, AI-based modeling pipeline. Throughout that entire process, I mean, that's six years of work we've done productizing and automating a technology layer around the data. So the differentiation, yes, data is unique. Yes, data is powerful. I can, I can, we'll go head to head against anybody that has Axiom's data or any other data source, any other data source. Even if we gave them our data source, we would beat them because it's what we do with the data, with technology layered around it. So data is a commodity. If you're just a data business, you're going to be treated as a commodity. If you're a technology company, you're going to get the multiples.
0: Let's wrap up here in a second. Two quick questions before that, though. Are you raising capital right now? Uh, we are, uh, In process, looking at
1: various ways to grow the company. Uh, Capital raise is certainly one of them. And, um, you know, we've got some good things coming down the future.
0: If you are considering a raise, you've modeled kind of where you would spend the money. So so I I am curious, right? So if you did raise today, how much ideally would you be looking to raise to fund your growth plans?
1: Yeah. So where this whole industry is going, uh, there's a lot of companies that are being, features, I should say, being run as companies. Uh, you're either the platform or you plug into the platform so we believe that the future is this, is the customer data platform which is going to be the centralized uh, data storage within the enterprise from which all marketing is driven if you want to achieve the benefits so that's the direction we're headed. Uh, we, we believe we'll have a unique solution in that in that uh, in that direction. You know, 20 to 30 million gives you the funding. You don't need to go raise 50, 60, 70. I mean, 20 to 30 gives you enough to build out the team on the tech side, but mostly invest in sales and marketing. Is that
0: what you're aiming right now? You're going to go raise about 20 or 16 to give you a total of 20? 20 uh, Somewhere between 15 to to 25, depending on the structure of the deal. Okay, and you'll sell somewhere between, call it 10 and 30% of the business, something like that? Target 20%, yeah. Yeah, very good. Okay, good. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Oh, my favorite business book. Ah, Let's see. Um, or when I you read, books, <laughs> uh, again? I, I, I said, I don't have much time to read books, to be honest, <laughs> but, um, you know, the subtle art of not giving
0: F. Very good. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO that you are following or studying right now? You know, I kind of find Elon must be pretty interesting. Yep. Number three, is there a uh, favorite online tool that you have to build your business besides your own
1: favorite online tool? Oh, that's
0: yep. it. one. Email.
1: You get everything done for me.
0: What do email. you use?
1: If you didn't have email, you'd be dead.
0: <laughs> what do you use? Gmail? Yeah, Gmail. Number four. How many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh, five or six. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? I got two boys, uh, 11. I got three startups. Versium, Jack and Nick. Good. So
1: 11 and 13. So between uh, running around to soccer and uh, being a single dad and a CEO, I got
0: my hands full. I was about to say, you surely do have your hands full. And how old are you? Uh shoot. I forgot. <laughs> that's pro- that's yeah, not, I mean, think
1: not- I'm only as old as my, uh, as relative age of my kids,
0: right? I just turned 50. 50. Okay. Last question. Take us back 30 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: What do I wish my 20 year old self knew? Um, wow. Jeez. When I was 20, I didn't know a whole lot. Um,
0: hmm. that means you can uh, a- answer almost anything and be right.
1: You know, I think, um, my 20 year old self, what did my, you know, I think, I think this question is a deep philosophical one. I don't know whether I make it personal or business. I think, Give me personal extreme confidence. Have extreme confidence. Success will come,
0: (laughs) guys. There you have it. If you're confident, passion. If you're confident, and you move with passion. Success will come. Coming from Chris, launched Versium back in 2012. Ended up raising about 4.2 million bucks to service about 500 customers, paying a grand per month, doing about 580 grand per month right now, or about seven million bucks per year. That's up from about a four or five million dollar run rate just about a year ago. So healthy growth. A lot of his growth right now is coming from channel partners. He pays 30 to 50 percent. They're churning about five to seven percent, five to seven percent of the revenue annually. Again, and what they're doing is basically again, you connect up your data source with them. You're seeing. They first make sure the data is accurate. But more importantly, he's really focused on wrapping proprietary technology tools around the data. So you can get more value out of it faster, potentially going out right now, raising, call it, you know, 20 million bucks or something like that. selling, call it 10, 20% of the business. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you very much.